So middle school and high school came up pretty quickly. Along the way, though, I, I did begin to regain some sight. I know many of you now are listening like, whoa, wait a minute. What, what did we miss? How do we get to this point? Well, you will certainly have to stick around and get this book once it is completed so that you can get all of the nitty gritty details and all of the backstory and so on and so forth. Right now, I want to focus on giving you a summation. So again, along the way, I did regain some sight. And when I say regain some sight, I was able to see light. Um, in, in the health world, we call that light perception when we're talking about vision and sight. I was able to see colors. As a matter of fact, what was really interesting in my world, I was able to see colors very well. And I think that made such a significant difference in my existence, to be honest with you, to be able to look around and see colors and uh, see the different shades of colors. I wasn't really able to see faces in any clarity, or as I like to say, I, I wasn't able to really see faces in high definition. I could make out that a human was standing there, but to really give any identifying information, nah, I wasn't really able to do that. So learning how to navigate with fragments of sight was a challenge, but it was also a blessing to me because for so long, I really wasn't able to see anything. And during that time, I had a neighbor who lived down the street from me and my mother. And his family and my family were very close. His name was Billy. And Billy was Caucasian. But I think it's important for everyone to know that was the closest thing to my brother than anyone could really imagine. Mind you, I had two biological brothers. Of course, they were much older than me, as I had stated in uh, previous dialogue that I was by far the youngest in the family. The next to me, uh, again, we're talking nearly a 20 year difference. But Billy and I were very close in age. We weren't even really a year apart, but that was truly my brother. And I know that he felt the same way about me. His family were absolutely amazing people. I think about them often and I think about what they meant to me and what they meant to my family. And uh, Billy and I used to play together all the time when I was home. Billy was homeschooled. And what was interesting is I would really look forward to getting an opportunity to play with him when I got off of the school bus. So that was one highlight as the years went by that I really looked forward to knowing that when I got off the bus, Billy most of the time would be in the yard waiting for me and we'd get a chance to play and to do different things. And we were so close at that time that he understood my limitations. He understood 
just what I was able to do and what I wasn't able to do. He understood the dangers that uh, we could certainly be in, more so with myself, as we were playing close to the ditch or in the woods and things of that nature. And again, I want to remind you that I was really the fearless one. So I had developed a real friendship and a real trust with Billy. And I, I, I trusted him. So we would go in the woods. We would climb trees. Mind you, I had no clue. I couldn't even see what I was doing. And I had no clue half the time where I was. But I was following him. And I knew that he wasn't going to lead me in any place that was going to hurt me. I absolutely believe that. So we would climb trees and we would run through the woods and we would make tents in the back of the woods and uh, I think it absolutely drove my mother bonkers because she was really worried but I had a phenomenal time with Billy and it was during that time I started to hone in on my athletic side and here's what's crazy because when I tell this story oftentimes people feel as though when you start talking about playing sports that in order to do that you, you have to be able to see I mean how are you going to play sports you're not able to see, but it was through the interactive play that I had with Billy that I would, we would start to play basketball and I could really, really jump. So rebounding and, you know, really being that person down low, that physical contact, because I wasn't able to see anyone with any clarity or see distance wise, I loved the physical contact because that let me know where my opponent was and and we just had a great time, but it also helped me to develop some skill sets that later on certainly were, were beneficial to me. Those were moments that also built confidence. I began to be confident in who I was as an individual. And I truly became comfortable with understanding that I may have to find other ways of accomplishing things, but it's possible. And when I really got a hold of that, that thought process, when I really got a hold of that understanding, I grabbed onto that like a pit bull and Everything that I got the chance to see Billy do, the challenge for me was to figure out how could I do the same thing without having to utilize sight. And so he really doesn't understand. And, and you know, of course, we talk even to this day, but I don't truly believe he understands how crucial of a role he played in my life as the younger William Weeks growing up and building confidence, truly believing in myself and understanding that no matter how long it may take, where there's a will, which is a lot of my friends started to call me will, where there's a will, there's a way. And I truly believe that. And I started to move forward in that newfound confidence with everything that I did. And so as I went to school, I was always looking for ways to introduce myself 
to the other students. And make no mistake, ladies and gentlemen, I think it's important that everyone understands that I went through the same typical stages of development that any other kid went through. So if you can imagine being this student with a disability, with this severe visual limitation, but I still went through those same stages. I went through the same stages of wanting to belong. I went through the stage of wanting to make friends. I went through the same stage of being lonely or being isolated because people shunned away from me and really didn't take the time to get to know my heart or to really learn me as an individual. So in my mind, I said, I've got to find a way to introduce William Weeks to the world, introduce William Weeks to everybody around me. And the challenge for me was to introduce myself in a way where people stopped focusing on my limitations and would begin to see that I did have a particular set of skills. I was friendly. I was someone that was a cool guy to get to know. But it was very difficult for others to see past those limitations. You know, this is the blind kid. This is the kid that can't see. So I was always into music. I come from a very musically inclined family. And I always loved to sing. I had a really strong ear for music a really strong ear for playing instruments and so on and so forth and got involved with chorus. And it was during that time when I started to get involved with chorus, the light bulb went off in my head because that was the introduction that I was waiting for for such a long time because it shifted the focus off of William not being able to see to look at what William is able to do. Special moment for me. And I began to use that as my way to, you know, introduce myself to other people was through my music and through playing and other kids getting the opportunity to come around from time to time because they were really interested in listening to me sing and, and play and so on and so forth. And that really put a smile on my face once again to build that character and to build that confidence in me to know that miracles can happen if I believe and continue to believe. And so I remember a specific incident that happened uh, while I was in school I was in a classroom and I was much older at this point and I was sitting to the front of the class because I had learned that sitting in the front of the class was, was much better for me because I was able to hear everything the teacher was saying and during this time my mother had bought me the little handheld recorder you know the old school handheld recorders that would take the little micro cassette tapes. So my mother told me, she said, William, start to use this record when the teacher is talking. That way you can listen to that when you get spare time or even when you come home. 
and keep up with what they're talking about in the classroom and in the assignments. I started to bring this audio recorder and I was sitting in front of the class one day and the teacher was doing some demonstrations on the chalkboard and was just talking about some things. And I remember mentioning to this teacher, can you say what it is that you just said again? Because I didn't have my recorder recording at that time. And the teacher was saying something that I knew I would need to remember. And at that very moment, and I remember this as though it was yesterday, this teacher looked at me and said something that I will never forget. They said, according to, and we're talking about specific pockets of leadership during that time within that school district. But this teacher had mentioned to me that certain individuals had a meeting with the teacher and stated that my vision was probably somewhere in the same neighborhood as far as vision acuity is concerned as the teacher that I was talking to. And this teacher walked over to me and asked me to get up, to stand up and come to the front of the class. And so I did, not knowing why, but I did. And this teacher took their glasses off of their face, put those glasses on my face and said to me in front of the classroom of all of my peers and everyone sitting in there, you should be able to sit to your desk and see what's up here, what I'm writing up here on the, on the board. And asked me to sit down and to look up at the chalkboard and ask me, could I see it? I think at that moment, everything within me broke. I was doing much better. I, I felt like I was this old saying, finally getting my sea legs under me. I was finally starting to come into who I was. But when that teacher did that to me, I felt something down in my very soul that broke. It was like something had just completely fell apart. And this teacher was so serious. They wanted me to look up at the board and see if I could see what was up there. In front of all of these students, yet some students that were laughing. And I remember looking towards the direction of this teacher and I said, I can't see that. And they said, try again. And I looked up there and I said, I can't see it. And they walked over to me and took the glasses off. And I never forget this. I remember this teacher saying, and this is out loud. I'm, I'm just sitting there humiliated. I, I don't even, I have no words to describe how I was feeling. But this teacher was stating that they'd seen me in the gym. They saw me playing. They saw me doing all of these different things. 
but it appeared that I had some excuses in the classroom. And I slumped down in my chair. I was like, God, where are you? Because I came up in a family, in a belief system that my mother had instilled in me that God wasn't going to put more on you than what you could bear. This is kind of the thought process that my mother had instilled in me. And she came from the angle that the things that I was going through, the things that we were going through, God has not forgotten us, William. There is a plan and there is a purpose. And this is how she would talk to me. Well, I got to tell you, at that time, I didn't feel that way. I just kind of felt lonely and I felt like I was battling the entire world on my own. And I didn't know as a kid then whether I should continue trying to do things like the other children, trying to find other ways to adapt. What this teacher did not understand was that the things that they saw me doing was not a reflection of my ability to see. No. This was William every day learning how to survive, learning how to thrive, not just survive, but how to thrive, trying to figure it all out in my little head, trying to figure out how can I accomplish the same thing? What accommodations do I have to make? What other things do I have to look to do to do the same things that everyone else gets to do? I knew I couldn't do it the same way, but I knew that there was another way. And I just kept trying and just kept trying to figure it out and just putting heart, mind and soul into trying to determine what it is I could do to still be a productive kid. And at that moment, sitting in that chair, I was broken. That's the only time in my life I ever felt like my spirit was broken. I know everything else, vision, it seems like my vision wasn't like it should be. I know I've been through a whole lot of things in my body, health-wise, but that was the first time in my life I felt like I was broken. My spirit was broken. And the will to live, in the sense, not physically, wanting to live, but the will to live as in, as in the will to thrive, the will to survive was no longer there. I knew at that moment, I just, this was, this was it. I was taught. And I remember when it was time to leave the class, I got up. I was walking like a slug. I was just walking alongside of the wall because that's typically what I did. I would stay along the side of the wall because it, that was my security and my, my safety to walk around the wall. And I had memorized where everything was, but no one took the time to say, William, how did you learn how to do this? Everyone just assumed that I just wanted to pretend. Here was this kid that had enough medical documentation to stretch from here to Maine, figuratively. But I wanted to pretend. 
Every day I stepped over that threshold. Going to that school, my mother said, you give it everything you got. Give it everything you got today. You give me your best, and that's all I'm going to ask for. I remember her telling me that. So every day I went there with the mindset that I'm going to do the very best that I can. Regardless, I'm going to do it. And if it's not easy, that's okay. I'll find a way to do it. Several incidences had, had happened similar to that. And because I was the kind of kid that was just headstrong in the sense of, I just wasn't going to give up. Oh, I felt a whole lot of things for a moment or two. But then I realized, you know what? It's not the end. Get up. Try it again. Get up. Do it again. Get up. Figure it out again. It just appeared that the people who should be there to protect me, the ones who should be there to guide me, the ones who should be there to lend me that helping hand, I, I just kind of felt like I was off in space to myself. Some of the teachers that I had, and it wasn't all of them, but I had a few teachers that did not believe that William's sight was as bad as it was because I was learning how to survive with this limitation of sight. They would punish me. And I want to take this time right here. I want to interject and I want to say something because this is such an important detail. I mentioned before about my mother and how powerful she was and, and, and the kind of inspiration she was. But my mother did all of this advocating for me with a fifth grade education. My mother was born in the, in the early 30s, early mid 30s. And as many of you know, during those times, those were the times where there was more of a focus on making sure that you took care of your younger siblings. It was about survival of the household, literally. And my mother had to come out of school at fifth in fifth grade. And I mentioned that because while I was in the classroom during times and I wasn't able to finish assignments for different reasons. Of course, most of the time I had to work a lot slower. Even if someone would read it to me, there were some students in the classroom who would come by my side to read to me. But then there was just some things I just could not finish. And the teachers at that time would do things such as say to me, whatever you didn't finish in class, you take it home. And during that time, we had definitions that we had to take home. Word definitions. We had to look a word up in the dictionary, write the definition down, and that was part of the assignment. And they had also gave that as, an, as a homework assignment. So... As a young kid, I would go home sometimes with 50 and 60 plus definitions sometimes. And I couldn't see the book. My mother and I would sometimes sit up until two and three o'clock in the morning trying to work on definitions, trying to work on assignments. And let me tell you what this looked like when I was home. I could and I did understand the words. And if the definitions were read to me, I could make the association between the definition of what word that definition went to. 
My mother, on the other hand, at times had a hard time reading definitions to me from the dictionary. So we had really a, a, it was a double whammy that was going on. I really couldn't see how to read it for myself. And my mother had a hard time reading it so that she could help me with it. But I remember she and I always came through. We did it. We would sit there half the night. And I remember sitting there sometimes with my mother with tears just flowing down her face as she would read and try to stumble over some words. And my mom would say, William, what does this word right here say? And she would spell it to me. And I knew what it was. I said, Mom, it's whatever the word was. And she would keep reading. And we made it happen. Sometimes this would happen every other night of the week. And uh, the whole time we were doing work at home, she was sitting there encouraging me. She had her hand on my back. She was just rubbing my back and rubbing the back of my head. And I tell you, it was the absolute most humbling experience. Those experiences were so humbling. And they taught me so much about having an ironclad will to make it, to do it. And so much of that came from those experiences that I had with my mom sitting there working on those things. And the joy that I had the next day going to school. Now, mind you, many of you are probably saying, how could you possibly be full of joy? I was full of joy because when I would go back to school the next day, there was such a pride I had in handing that work in. You want to know why? Because I completed the tasks that were set before me. And I have that same grit to this day. Don't quit until it's done. And that was instilled in me at such a young age. In high school, another situation that stands out in my mind is sitting on the bleachers, uh, the football bleachers outside. And I would, from time to time, go sit on the football bleachers, uh, very similarly to in previous episode when I talked about going out of the class and finding someone that could help me with different assignments and so on and so forth. Instead of going to find someone to help me do certain things, I would go on the bleachers for a block. I would sit there and just listen to the PE classes that might have been out there practicing. And it wasn't until I was much older until it dawned on me that no one ever came to me and said, William, are you okay? And I heard a lot of voices outside. I knew it's lots of people out there. They were playing PE or, you know, doing different things or whatever it is specifically they were doing. But no one ever came over to me and said, William, are you okay? Why are you outside? And I would just sit there because I was truly tired. I was tired of the same old process. I was tired of the same old thing. I was so tired a feeling like I was being discarded. And in one of my other episodes, you hear me talk a lot about worth, uh, the value in discarded chapters. A lot of that 
comes from these experiences here. But I want to tell you what was so amazing. In my high school years, when I was approaching my junior and senior year, the push for the family, for my family, was, William, we're going to do what we have to do to get you to graduate. That was the goal. That was the focus. We've got to get you out of school. Look at what the next level will be for you. Look at what the next steps for you will be. And my junior and senior year, boy, I had an ally in the school that was on my side and that I attribute really being able to help me to graduate and have everything I need in order to be able to get out. And that was my sister. What an amazing turn of events when your sister, who's watched you struggle all of these years in school, times when she was there with my mother advocating to the best of her ability and talking about the responsibility of the school to still educate me, even though I was this student with special needs. But how awesome is it when that same sister of yours becomes your guidance counselor in your junior and senior year? My sister, Mozella, became my guidance counselor. She got hired through Northampton County Public Schools and as a guidance counselor. And awesome enough, she was at the high school, the same high school where I was at. And she became my guidance counselor. And she helped me to graduate. It's so many different segments that I could include, that I could talk about. And again, as I mentioned before, this is where you need to stick with me on this journey. But there's so much more that I'm going to be bringing out, but definitely get this book and I will be letting all of you know the moment this book drops so that you will get an opportunity to read. You'll get an opportunity to go down memory lane with me as I recall the scenarios, the situations, the incidences that have brought me to this place in my life. I said in a previous episode that God always has someone there to pull you along and God always gives us what we need for the journey. You are equipped. He will equip you for the journey that's ahead. Oh, you may not. You may not think so. It doesn't feel like it while you're going through it. It hurts while you're going through it. It's painful while you're going through it. But believe me, he gives us what we need for this journey. Hopefully, this has been a great summation of the early years of my life so that you get a sneak peek into the man, William Weeks. Again, you have been listening to Unfiltered Diary of a Whole Man, Part 3. And I will see you on the next one.